the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. This time next week, we'll all gather around our tables. I'm psyched. And uh, give thanks and praise. Thanksgiving Day, and they're a week away. Mm-hmm. You're psyched about the day? I'm psyched. I am too. Why? Well, I just love Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I love the turkey. I love the mm-hmm. stuffing. I love the cranberry sauce. That right there is the key to the whole the cranberry sauce. shebang. Uh-huh. The cranberry sauce is like the glue that holds it together. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, if you don't love it, and if it's not good, then what are you doing? No, no, you can do uh, the canned uh, cranberries, which I, I, as a throwback and like, you know, sort of as a, a nod to 1972, I don't mind it. Gross. No, it's no. not. No, it's not gross. No, listen, making your own cranberry sauce is so easy. It is the easiest thing in the whole world. I, I have no comment because I don't make it, but well, my wife does. So it's. I mean, you, you put your cranberries in a pot, you add water, you add salt, you add sugar, and maybe you add orange juice mm. or cloves or something else. You might. That's it. A you boil juice. it. You pull. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to it. I look forward to it. Believe and me. You don't have to worry about the corn syrup. You don't have to worry about all the extra calories and the taste value. Mm. So high. Are you uh, hosting? I am hosting. How many people? It's going to be very small this year. Eight. Oh, oh that is fabulous. I know. I haven't. Yeah, oh, that's a very unusual thing Holy for me. Holy smokes! That's like that's like making dinner. It is like making dinner. Well, yeah. I mean, for your mom, that yeah. was like making dinner, not for me. Right. But still, hey, that's really nice. I know. Good for you. It is. No pressure. Well, I mean, there's still pressure. It's eight no, people. Well, you know, it's not like, you know, you know, 30 people are showing up. Yeah, I know. 30 that people is what I'm going to have for You've Christmas. You've done stuff like that. Okay. Um, what about that? Uh, did you always host? No. When did you take the reins over from your parents? That's a good question. I want to say probably... Five years ago. Okay. And was that difficult for you or your mom? Um, I think by the time I took it over, my mom was like, good riddance. Heck yeah. She's probably listening right I now agree. saying, yes, she's speaking aloud yeah, in yeah, her yeah, living yeah, room. Yeah. So, yeah, I think she was like, I could use some help with this situation. Because <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Heck yeah. How about uh, your turkey? Uh, have you ever had like a faux pas? Oh my gosh, yes. With turkeys. Oh, not with tur- Well, my mom dropped the turkey on the floor one year, mm, yeah, which we've is done an outstanding that. Yeah, yeah. story. Uh-huh. Outstanding story. But one year I was in charge of dessert. This is when it was still at my parents' house, and I made ice cream pie. I made my own crust and I made ice cream pie. I had six different ice cream pies. Nice. Okay? And I took them over and it had snowed a good foot. Before, on Thanksgiving. Um, before Thanksgiving. Really? And so I thought to myself, you know, to save freezer space, that I would just put the ice cream pies out on the porch, thinking that the temperature of the average freezer sure. was just would a, match that. Would about 30 degrees. That's not what temperature your freezer is. No, your it's much, much colder. Your freezer is much, much colder than that. So guess what happened when it came time for dessert? Ice cream soup? We did not have any pies. Mm. We had some good crust. We had six no, wait, different wait, wait, wait. crusts. Ice cream pie, not pumpkin pie? 
No, I had done ice cream pie. It was a mistake. I admit it. Well, who's doing ice cream? It's like Dairy Queen. It's like Dairy Queen. I made my own. I was trying to be creative. Yeah. It was a bad choice. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Everything, you're, all that judgment is right. Right. No mincemeat, no cherry, no I don't no like mincemeat, but I love pumpkin pie. I will make a pumpkin pie this year. However, other than the pumpkin pie, I will be purchasing them from Eaton Park. Not Springhouse. Well, I see now. Why do you have to say that? Because I get, love the spring. Because I'm getting my turkey and my stuffing from the spring house, but I'm going to get my pies from Eaton Park right, because they're closer. Fine. It's I want to get the pies the day of, yeah. and I don't want to drive all the way to Marsha. Why? Because those pre-made and shells will be fresher. Is that the deal? That's not it, John. <laughs> you know it don't is. you get me started, my friend so Kathy Emmons. Let's not battle over Eaton uh, Park pies again. I'm not going because well, I know I'm right. Battle because you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's National Stuffing Day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mike, do you like stuffing? I love it. Oh, my gosh. One of my yeah, favorites. Yeah. Okay. what When you think of stuffing, mm-hmm. what is essential that has to be in it? Onions, celery. Okay. Uh, Almonds? Uh, no. Not essential. No, but I'd be happy to Pecans. have Pecans? No. I don't like any of the nuts in there. No, you don't want any nuts no, in there? No nuts. What about, uh, it has to have sage or it's not stuffing, Surely. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. What about the like cornbread stuffing? Oh, yeah. No, That's good I don't stuff. think so. No, no. None could. No, no, no it's, it's amazing. Traditional. It's good. How about oyster? Stuffing. I've never had that. Oh, oyster that's good stuffing. stuff. That's oh. traditional. That's very southern. Mm-hmm. Do you like that, Mike? I never tried oyster stuff. Oh, I would like to. Yeah, it's very nice. How many people are you having for Thanksgiving? Uh, seventeen. Okay, not bad. And will you be? Maybe will, eighteen. Of course, you're not cooking the meal. No. Right, which is why I know it's my not role. Bad. Okay, what is your role? Uh, I will be um, cleaning. Oh, you're very good at that. You're very clean. I'll clean the house and I'll arrange, I'll set everything. Oh, okay, great. You know, the dishes, the the table, everything will be in place. You know, the candles, the music. Oh, perfect. I'll stage. That's great. I'm the stage. Good job staging. I like that. Mike, what's your role? Um, I'm bringing the green bean casserole. Okay. That's Uh it. That's it. That's pretty light. Okay, that's it light. is light. That is light. Yeah. But, and where will you be going, Mike? I'm going to Newcastle. Are you? And uh, we reserved a fire hall. Did you? For uh, 35 people. Well, that's fun. Really? Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. On your way back, you can stop at our house. Yes. Say hi. I would love to. Okay, actually. great. I'll give you some cornbread stuffing with nuts. It's your favorite. Wait, so we got a little uh, stuffing phone call here. See what that's We have a stuffing up. phone call. Okay, yeah, check it out there. Okay. All right. Because, you know, stuffing is... Particular. Well, yes. Every family. Now, now let me tell you. True? So my mom has celiac disease. We have to do gluten-free stuffing. How does that even work? It's a different, that you can buy gluten-free stuffing. And does it taste okay? It tastes different. It tastes good, mm-hmm. but it doesn't taste like normal stuffing. Really? But it's very good. I enjoy it. Really? Where do you buy? What? I buy it at Whole Foods. Gluten-free stuffing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. That's When you got people in your family that have certain nutritional yeah, yeah, needs, you, do what you, you just do. have to do what you have to do because right, you want right, them to right, be there, right, right. crying out loud. Yeah. I'll be making my own cranberry sauce. I feel good about the corn. Um, what I, kind of corn? Um, do, you, do, you, do you like cream corn? No. Me too. I despise it so it is much. A, it is a grotesque it's thing. It's the most grotesque. It is a grotesque thing. Oh, whenever that came around on our dinner table, I was like, please How about not. that little white and yellow shoe peg thing that you can get in the can? Have you what? had that? What? No. It's, what? Like a, it's green giant. Well, shoe peg. What's a shoe peg? It's a kind of corn. It's a corn variety. It's yellow and white. It's the most delicious thing. I could eat it like candy. It is so awesome. Frozen corn. No, canned. Canned corn. Mm-hmm. Green giant. Really? Do it up. Shoe, what do you, what, what do you mean? It's shoe what, corn. Shoe peg corn. That's what it's called. It's the variety of corn. A mix of yellow and white corn uh-huh. together. Sounds pretty good. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is completely awesome. So I'll be doing that. Yeah. So just basically just corn out of the can, that's, heat it up. I heat it yeah. up. That's all I'm doing. That's fine. That's I, all I, I'm doing. I no and I know this is horrible, but I don't, I'm not making my own gravy. What kind of gravy? 
I'm going to do Heinz gravy. All right. I know it's I no 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 no. It, it looks at me. I'm not casting any aspersions because yeah. I'm not making the meal. I'm not good at gravy. I haven't made a lot of gravy, uh-huh. and so I don't feel real confident about my gravy. Right. Okay. So fine. You got Plan B. Yeah, that but works. I feel confident about my cranberry sauce, and it's National Stuffing Day. Yeah. And if I put a post on Facebook, I'd love to hear from you all as to what kind of stuffing you make. Nice. I think so. That's the key word for me for th- for Thanksgiving. When you're hosting Thanksgiving, what you want to have is confidence. I don't think you want to go into it with a with a like this is my first try. People, people do. It's I don't a want learning to do that. Curve, no, I don't. Is that is that a wise idea to say? Okay, this got to start somewhere. I've, okay, but are you going to say I've never made this sweet potato pea casserole before? But welcome. But let's try it here on Thanksgiving. Have an extra dollop, my friend. What about Brussels sprouts? Oh, I despise them. Oh, yeah, deeply. Despise do you? Them. Yeah, yeah. I've I would, gotten to I love would, them. No, I've gotten to love them. I feel like I want to try to make them really? on Thanksgiving. My wife will take them apart and then fry them. Yeah, you know, in a yeah. skillet. You hate, still hate uh, that. That's okay. Okay. But anywhere else, no. Anywhere else, no. Thank you. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, then you're not coming to my house. It doesn't matter what no, I make. No, no, no. All right. Coming up next, the end of babies. A fascinating article in the New York Times last week. Something is stopping us from creating the families we claim to desire. We'll talk about it next with Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor on today's ride home. W-O-R-D. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for 2020? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests. Shalom. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation coming to you from the land of Israel. My wife Sheila and I are on the home stretch of our third trip to God's land. Sheila, we are looking forward to bringing people here so they can spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. What is one of the things that has been a significant experience for you while in Israel? Well, honey, I've really been impacted by the times of worship we've had while at Galilee and other special locations here in Israel. Of course, I'm a bit biased because you're my husband, but when you lead us in singing the praises of Yeshua while here in His land, people have experienced His presence in a special way. Thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate your kind words. So, everybody, we invite you to join our tour of Israel scheduled for November of 2020, which will include special times of Messianic worship and Messianic Bible teaching. Pray about joining us. Our tour is forming now. More info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting Word FM to 91999. 
Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com slash Christmas. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th, the day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. In the fall of 2015, a rash of posters appeared around Copenhagen. One in pink letters laid over an image of chicken eggs asked, Have you counted your eggs today? A second, a blue-tinted close-up of human sperm inquired, Do they swim too slow? The poster is part of a campaign funded by the city to remind young Danes of the quiet ticking of their biological clocks were not universally appreciated. But Dr. Soren Zybe, former chairman of the Danish Fertility Society and one of the brains behind the campaign in Denmark, believes the criticism was worth weathering. As the head of his country's largest public fertility clinic, Dr. Zybe thinks these kind of messages, fraught as they are, are sorely needed. Denmark's fertility rate has been below replacement level. That is the level needed to maintain a stable population for decades. And as Dr. Zybe points out, the decline is not solely the result of more people deliberately choosing childlessness. Many of his patients are older couples and single women who want a family, but may have waited until too late. Now, here's the interesting thing, John. If any country should be stocked with babies, it's Denmark. The country is one of the wealthiest in Europe. New parents enjoy, wait for it, 12 months paid family leave, and highly subsidized daycare. Women under 40 can get state-funded in vitro fertilization, but Denmark's fertility rate at only 1.7 births per woman is roughly on par with that of the United States, which, of course, as we know, doesn't have any of those family-friendly policies. This is an article from the New York Times written by Anna Louise Sussman. I thought it was fascinating, and at the same time I was reading it, our friend Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor was reading it as well. Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor from Liberty University. She is an author of many excellent books. Her latest is called On Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Books. Dr. Pryor, Karen, welcome back. How are you? Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks. Busy for you. Yeah, see, so yeah, end of the semester. So Gosh, busy. I'm glad you could squeeze in a couple of minutes for us. I promise we'll let you get back to grading papers. <laughs> thanks, Karen. Karen, uh, we were reading this at the same time because I saw you posting about it on Twitter. And boy, isn't it something? You read about, I mean, this is a lengthy article. It's If you print it out, it's over 20 pages. And it's an analysis of what keeps people, and not just Americans, but people from all over the globe, from having the children that they say they want. Karen, off the top of your head, um, what was thought-provoking to you about the piece? Well, of course, this caught my interest because, uh, for many reasons, but one, of course, as as listeners know, one of my passions is the pro-life issue. And even though this this article is not about abortion, it's kind of almost about the opposite, (laughs) um, about, about not even you know, having, having conceiving children, um, 
it to me what what strings all of these threads together is that that we have commodified children we have commodified mm-hmm. human life and when it suits us we want it and it, it, we want it only in the, in the doses that are convenient for us mm-hmm. if at all um, and so this is a fascinating story on just another way that children have become commodities According to the article, Karen, it talks a lot about the, it kind of implies the evils of capitalism and how capitalism has kind of ruined the pursuit of normal life and how we're so concerned about getting our best life now that that's why we don't want to have kids. Um, And yet at the same time, the article, and I'm happy to say this, the article recognized that there are even greater issues at play here, especially when we're talking about the country I started with, which is Denmark. It has all of the social services that people might bring up in America, for example, if we were talking about a declining birth rate, right, that has the subsidized daycare, it has 12 months paid um, family leave, which is terrific. But the one thing it doesn't have is really any unifying belief in God. Right. I mean, that's what I, another thing I appreciate about this article. I mean, I, I, I am a big fan of capitalism, and I, I got a little pushback from some friends on social media when I posted this who thought it was, you know, anti-capitalism. Right. But it's really, it, it talks about late capitalism and late capitalism absent any religious belief. I mean, that's not a big part of the article, but we certainly, what, what it's talking about is this consumer culture that we have. I mean, mm-hmm. capitalism can be great, but unfettered by social, you know, by, by spiritual and religious uh, and community values, then it does become simply consumerism. And again, it goes back to making commodities out of, out of children that, you know, we, we barter in and trade in um, at our convenience and will. One of the things that really struck me about the article is that the author of the article was very um, insistent on her time to have a child will come when she has saved over $200,000. Now, um, she talked about her mother and her mother's great sacrifices, and uh, apparently the, uh, the, um, the author of the article isn't married but is willing to go out and do in vitro and find a way to have a baby on her own, but would only do so if the child was you know, financially cemented with uh, the money to go to top-quality schools, have good um, uh, a place to live, all, all the sort of accoutrements of, of an upper middle class or you know higher life, which is sort of anathema to you know what a lot of people grew up with. You know, in the post World War II America, forties, fifties, sixties, it was kind of catch as catch can. Now we want you know the very very best, so that only would necessitate one child, perhaps two at the very most. Yeah, I mean it. it certainly true, as the article points out, in older cultures and traditional societies, children were important and had more value because they were needed to take care of the family and the land and so forth. And we don't live in such a culture, yet we've gone to the opposite extreme where we value having nicer cars or bigger homes um, before we have children or if we have them at all. And, and I, mean, I recognize that you know, that those who know my story know that I don't have children, that my husband and I were never able to have them. Um, and so it, so we're, we're part of these um, figures for childlessness and infertility. But it was a, you know, it, it was an involuntary 
um, infertility. And also, we were not willing to treat children as commodities by using many of the measures that are common today, um, like in vitro fertilization and other um, pretty expensive and extreme methods just in order to um, to have a child, which is, of course, a, a natural desire. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Dr. Karen Swallow-Prior. Uh, Karen, any issue that involves children is sensitive. And you and I have talked for years on the air about both of us being involved in the anti-abortion movement. And uh, I know I've said for myself that early on I was... Um, I was very sure of myself. I saw things in black and white terms. And though all these years later, I still see abortion is completely wrong um, and completely against what God wants for us. I'm certainly much more compassionate because I've realized that life is hard and that the people that walk into a Planned Parenthood or walk into a pregnancy care center or whatever are burdened with stuff that I have never had to even think about in my life. Um, And so it's not just black and white. I mean, at the same time, it is right and wrong. It's not black and white, that's attitude-wise. And so when we think of people who choose not to have children or people like you and your husband who have not been able to have children, I think it's also important to say that it's not black and white. Yeah, I, I think it, 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 so much of it stems from what we think our purpose of, of in living is. Um, and this, this is, again, where late capitalism comes in. We, we have a plan and we have goals and we have an idea of what success looks like. and um, you know, and, and that's wonderful, but life is so much more than that. And life, life is not black and white. And, um, and you know, my, my life verse because of this issue and so many others is the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We just don't know what the Lord has in store for us. And, um, and all of these attitudes about children, whether we abort them or, or create them in a Petri dish, um, they all reflect what we view about God and, and 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 the purpose that we have in right. life and the secular societies don't even have that kind of vocabulary. Right. And so making decisions that are so momentous um, are, are fraught because it's all on you and you have to figure it out yourself right. and you have to do your analysis. And as the writer of the article said, she had to figure out in the back of an envelope how much cash she'd have to have before she was able to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, our time's almost up, Karen, but I have to read this one paragraph to you because this jumped out. And this is about the Danes, but it could just, you know, it's just as suitable for any American today. It says, many Danes find themselves contending with the spiritual maladies that accompany late capitalism, even in wealthy egalitarian countries. With their basic needs met and an abundance of opportunities at their fingertips, Danes instead must grapple with the promise and pressure of seemingly limitless freedom. And I think, boy, so the Danes have every social service they could possibly need. They have the Internet. They time have, and money. They have time and money. They have an advanced society so that they can work, they can travel, they can do whatever they want. And it's almost like it's just too, too much. Good. And I think that's where, you know, that's where we're, we're headed. It's a good cautionary tale um, in America, and not just for the country, but even for those of us in the church who are so influenced by these ideas and values. Mm-hmm. Karen, um, before you leave us, we have to hear about your move. Oh, yes. That has been in the news a bit lately. Has it, been? <laughs> it has. So you've, you've been at Liberty yeah. University for how long? When, this will be when I finish out the school year. It will be 21 years. Wow. A long time. That yeah. is a long time. Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. And, and so uh, you've taken a new position where? At Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina, that will begin with the next academic school year. 
Wow. That Karen, is. that is terrific news. Congratulations. Now, will you be moving? I assume you're moving. You're leaving your house behind? Uh, we, I'm actually going to commute for the, the first few years so that my husband can continue his job and not leave that. Um, but the position is actually a, a, quite a promotion. It's a position as a research professor at the college, so I'll be mainly teaching English. Um, but it will give me more time to research and write more of those books so I can come back on your show and That's talk about That's terrific. Them. So, Karen, we're, pr- we're proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Dr. Karen Swallow-Prior from Liberty University. Her latest book is called On Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Books. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Attention homeowners. With a strong housing market, if you bought a home more than a year ago, chances are you have equity in your home. And with one call to Cash Call Mortgage, that equity can mean cash in your pocket. The cash you need for the upcoming holidays, to remodel your home, or just keep in your pocket. The timing to take advantage of your home's equity has never been better. The Fed's just lowered interest rates. So if you have an interest rate higher than 2.99%, give us a call to see if we can lower your monthly mortgage payment and get you the cash you need. At Cash Call Mortgage, we're a direct lender and we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing cost. The holidays are coming fast, so get the extra cash you need now. For a free quote to see if you qualify, call Cash Call Mortgage at 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 990-6947. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it, like spray-on bedliners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt and fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast, with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
Cloudy and becoming breezy tonight with a couple of showers. The low 44. Tomorrow, brisk and chilly with a morning shower in spots. Then clouds will give way to some afternoon sunshine. Temperatures will be holding in mid-40s. Clear and colder tomorrow night, low 27. Saturday, sunshine to start, then turning cloudy with some rain developing in the afternoon. High Saturday, 44 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. When you lived uh, in the city of Pittsburgh, did you ever have a chance to do business at the city county building? Oh, it's such a pleasure. Oh. I love going there. I mean, okay. It's so enjoyable. It's, it's big government, right? Yeah, I got to have my passport photo taken there. Okay. Everybody was so pleasant. Mm. It was so efficient. It was so effective. Yeah. I, I was in and out. I mean, all how, those things are alive. How about like, you know, buying a house or, you know, a marriage license or, uh, yeah. a, you know, uh, sales tax, the things that you had to be, all that stuff. I mean, for, well, you know this, most, most cities and municipalities long ago started the transition from a paper business, you know, people filing forms in a file cabinet, handing things out. And then, you know, that trail, which involves probably 10 or 12 people touching the papers and moving it forward to now finally most cities are on an electronic menu right that the, the digital age has come right well check this out city of pittsburgh um way back in 2014 2014 five years ago the city still was involved with paper mm-hmm Paper. Now, there's a young woman. Her name is uh, Mara Kennedy, and Mara, uh, she is the director of um, licensing, inspections, and permits. And when she took that position in 2014, everything was on paper. She took the hardest job in city government, says Mayor Peduto. She outperformed all expectations. She uh, went in and took all the records on paper, and they became electronic. All the inspectors, building inspectors, health inspectors. Can you imagine how many papers oh my there gosh. are like that? So that there must be thousands of forms every day. So then the inspectors were given laptops and cell phones to implement to implement that. Right. All that whole thread. This one woman, Mara Kennedy, she's credited with bringing the city of Pittsburgh out of the paper age into the digital wow. age, and now. Mara Kennedy is leaving the city of Pittsburgh to go to Washington, D.C. to work for whom? Amazon. Good for her. Wow. She could have gone to Long Island City (laughs) to go work for Amazon, but that somehow (laughs) fell through. That fell through, didn't it? Wow. Isn't that amazing? It's it's a terrific story. I'm so glad you brought it up because that is a person whose name I've never heard. Yeah. Who most people in Pittsburgh don't know anything about. An unsung hero. And yet what she has done will make our lives so much easier and so much more effective. I mean, I was, as you can imagine, being ironic when I said what it was like when I went to the city county building five years ago. It was a disaster. Yeah. It was a disaster. I was so angry. And after spending four hours there, I had to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it was it was a completely disorganized mess. Right. You know, I, I worked for the city of Pittsburgh for a while. I, I did a TV show uh, in the city of Pittsburgh on, uh, it was the, the city of Pittsburgh's cable channel. 
and it was a monthly TV show called City Life. City Life mm-hmm. with yeah. John Hall. Yeah, me and I uh, had a co-host. I had a, did you? I did. Another? Co- I'm just one of a whole a long list of co-hosts for John. And once a month, we'd be down at the uh, city county building. They had television studios in the top floor. Okay, and we sort of would do kind of something like. <laughs> boy, boy, Mike, there's nothing new we do here. No, 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 because no. it's just well, we oh. would you know we'd interview the mayor. We would interview you know people in the, right. uh, the administration and whatnot, but. Uh, m- Whenever I was, you know, I was sort of like a, uh, uh, what would you call it? Not a full-time employee, but I was that like be, a, That would be called a part-time employee. No, I wasn't even part-time. Oh, I was just a you, like a, a stringer. Okay. You know? An intern. Yeah. No, I was a stringer, you know, so I got a-, a <laughs> You were a, month, a consultant. I got a monthly paycheck, okay. but I had every month to take a piece of paper in my hand, go down to the treasurer's office, go through this- Paper thing all this whole and thing. fill all these forms out to get a monthly paycheck from the city. Oh my! For literally one day of work, because it was just one day. Listen, if you were still working at the city, Mara Kennedy fixed that for God you. God bless Mara Kennedy. I'll tell you that. Yeah, welcome to the digital right, age. Well, best of luck to her. Mm-hmm. Thanks for all you did for Pittsburgh. Yep. Hey, uh, come back. Can God change the past? And what does that have to do with open theism? Roger Olson joins us in a few minutes. Stick around for that. WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New New music. New music from Pittsburgh's Aaron Schust. This I Know. know. Almost Home by Mercy Me. And Let the Redeemed by Josh Baldwin. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Friday, December 6th, Memorial Park Church presents a special benefit concert with Michael Card. A free event to support the work of Edu Nations in war-torn Sierra Leone. RSVP now at edunations.org slash benefit dash concert. In addition to the free concert, don't miss Michael's Hessen Biblical Imagination Workshop, Saturday from 8 to 4, just $35 a ticket. Michael Card, December 6th and 7th. Details at edunations.org slash benefit dash concert. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Shilka for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. All month long, the team at Calusi is having a Black Friday sales event. So right now, you can lease a 2020 Chevy Trax for as low as $159 per month. This is a 39-month, 30,000-mile lease with $24.99 plus tax at registration due at signing. Must qualify with a current lease. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. When was the last time that your kids had fun at the dentist's office? Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. It's really important that the kids have a great and fun first few experiences. Moms really appreciate the time that we spend to make sure that their kids are not feeling rushed and that we really have a lot of fun in the office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford. You have my word on it. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. 
Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Until we morning hours. Oh, Rhonda. Oh, Rhonda, this dizzying pace. There aren't words to describe what I see in your face. Will you love me forever? Oh, say you will. Oh, I will. Do you want to get married? Oh, I do. I, I do. do. Hey, John, you're a slob. Get your shoes off the chair. Ron, your clothing is lying in piles everywhere. And your hair. My hair? Yeah, your hair is a mess. Well, your breath in the morning is the kiss of death. Where'd the music go, Rhonda? The merry-go-round. Our love boat's in danger of running aground. Remember our courtship, Ron? It wasn't by chance. What we did then, let's do now. Rekindle romance. Now I hear it again. There's the music. Let's, let's dance. dance. Love. It's more than a feeling. It's a choice husbands and wives make over and over again. A message from Focus on the Family and this station. You like um, movies where you, know, you should go back to the future? I love... See, I'm not a big back to the future oh, fan. Oh, you're not? I don't really love oh, that movie. It's a good movie. It's fine. I don't think it's that great, it's really. Fine. I really... It's all right. <laughs> I like it. Nah, the DeLorean. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. I do love time travel, TV shows and films. Though, yeah, I absolutely love the Terminator. Oh I yeah, I think the ter- I think Terminator is every bit as interesting now. I can't wait to see the new one, um, as it was when it first came out. I don't know, thirty years ago or whenever it was. It is a fascinating idea, yes. and it's been, you know, in some ways, <clears throat> prophetic um, in how it talked about the rise of, of technology and society and the difficulties and challenges and even the evil that can arise um, because of it. So I love Terminator. I love, oh, no. as you know, I love Doctor Who. Yeah. And Doctor so there's Who? all sorts of time travel in Doctor Who. How it's made C. Wells? Oh, the time right? machine, yep. right? Of course, that's the classic. That's mm-hmm. the first one I ever saw. Um, I read the book and then I saw, th- it was a movie in the 80s they did. Oh, really? Uh, I remember like the one from the 60s. Oh, really? Yeah. That was a black and white one? No, no. It was like oh, early. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, the idea is fascinating. Oh, no. But the- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Don't throw me in the black and white era. Sorry. Was that back in the 20s, John? <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah. Is that when you were watching that movie? Was that a talkie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a talkie, all right. Uh-huh. But it, the first question that comes to your mind is, okay, if you go back in time, and change something, then what do you do? Right. I mean, you hear like, you know, oh, the the the, the flutter of a butterfly wing will change, change the a- fabric of the universe. Exactly. Right. So you have to go into any, you know, book or movie with the knowledge that you're suspending a part of your, you know, <laughs> you think. sense of believability right. because you're going to go back and do it. Anyway, Roger Olson has kind of thought about issues like this related to uh, time travel. And kind theology. Of, and theology. And we're happy to have him with us. Dr. Roger Olson is the Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology and ethics at George W. Truett Theological Seminary at Baylor University. Roger, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Roger, can God change the past? Uh, no. That's it? <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that takes some explaining because people really don't like it when you say God can't. Right. Uh, so it's a logical problem for me, and 
you know, my wife, when, when we watch Back to the Future movies, and we've seen all three of them several times, and I just sit there in my easy chair and go, that's not even possible. That's ridiculous. That's that can't. And she says, stop. Just enjoy the movie. <laughs> stop analyzing everything. <laughs> now, I can't stop analyzing things. And so, uh, you know, my logical mind, which is the only mind I really can operate out of reasonably, is, no, the past can't be changed because if you changed it, then that would be the past. Right. What you changed it to sure. would be the past. Right. The right. past 2.0. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it'd even be 1.0 because from now it would have been what happened. Right. Exactly. So this is why time travel movies and books and TV shows are fun, right? But when you're thinking about the reality and you being a theology professor, think about this in global terms. I mean, where do you, how do you come down on this? Why is it important? Oh, uh, so that kind of takes me back to why I thought about the blog in the first place. And I just realized this morning, I looked backwards, I blogged on the subject in 2015, too. So it's kind of cyclical. Um, it, I guess because I'm interested. You know, it just interests me to think about the future and the past and what are they. Uh, for example, I just personally believe there is no such thing as the present. The present, the moment I say now, it's past. Yes. So the present is sort of a figment. It's, uh, it's not real. Uh, it's an illusion. So changing the past seems to me, as I've thought about it, to be illogical. It just doesn't make any sense, because if you could go into the past and change it, then what you changed it to would be the past. I see. Okay, so then, Roger, in your piece, Can God Change the Past? at the Pathios blog, you say, you know, if God could change the past, you'd be down on your knees praying for yeah. the, the Holocaust to never have happened. Right. And we don't see any example of that in Scripture. There's no example of praying for God to change the past. And I've never known anyone in church history to have prayed for God to change the past. And I've asked many of my students over the years if they ever pray for God to change the past. And I've only had one out of maybe a thousand students or more say, yes, I pray for God to change the past. And I say, well, how would you ever know if God changed the past? Well, she admitted she wouldn't, but she just had faith that you know, she, that God could change the past, so she prayed for it. And I thought that was consistent, at least, that if you believe God can change the past, then you should pray for mm-hmm. God to change the past. Right. And you said that there aren't any scriptural um, stories or Mandates. verses or anything about the fact that God would change the past. Actually, Roger, I think it's the it's the opposite of that. How many times did God say, remember? Yeah. Remember that thing that happened. Remember that thing right. that you have already forgotten. I'm telling you that when I brought the people out of Egypt, I saw their suffering. Don't forget that I did that. Right. Yeah, that makes my case even stronger. But you know, because it, it, God is reminding us that He has been at work in the past, and not asking us to change the work in the past because He can take the past and make out of it what He wants to make out of it. Right. And then He says, "And I'm going to do a new thing." So don't just always look to the past. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. So Isaiah, for example, that whole book of Isaiah is a combination of God challenging his people to remember the past and look forward to the new thing he's going to do in the future. I see. Because as we remember the past, that informs our, our future, whatever that might be, or the present, whatever that might be as well. But it makes us who we are. But, Roger, I'm sure you know you can understand in all those thousands of students that you've taught with, and only one would say, I wish I could change the past, clearly something that happened in that person's past that was so traumatic that they wish they would never had to experience anything like that. Probably. Um, psychologically, that's true, and I think we all have things in our past that we wish could be changed, but she actually claimed that she believed that her prayer could cause God to change the past. 
And I, I agree with you. I think it's because something really traumatic happened, but logically it just doesn't make any sense, and biblically it doesn't really make any sense either. So, uh, so what I'm saying there is, you know, what the point of the whole thing, I think, is that um, God is a, is a God of the future, primarily. I mean, certainly of the past. He, you know, the past is his work. He's worked in the past, but we should look for him to do new things in the future mm-hmm. and not focus on the past. Right. Mm-hmm. But people always say, well, God can do anything. So, yeah. But that's stupid. <laughs> just, I'm like, glad you said that. <laughs> I mean, that's just dumb. I mean, well, where's that theology degree yeah, from there? Yeah, I know. I yeah. know that's from that's from nowhere. But you, Roger. I mean, that's dumb, right? I mean, God, God yeah. can't do anything because God has a character. God's character right. and his attributes are unchanging. So it's not like he can't he can't do anything. He can't become evil all of a sudden. Right. He can't deny himself. He can't right. lie. He can't. Yes. Um, you know, so many things that he can't do because of his character. Um, but then people often say, well, we're not talking about his character, we're talking about his power, and his power is unlimited. Well, his power is under the control of his character. Right. And so there are things God literally can't do with his power. He can't destroy himself. Uh, he can't use his power to deny what he's promised and take it back and say, oh, I didn't mean that. I lied. You know, mm-hmm. so... There are things God can't do, but I know how that makes people uncomfortable, and so I, if I say it, I want to explain that I mean that God, just as you said, has a character that governs his power. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing. People need to know that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, God because... is a good God, and that means something. Well, that's terrific. All right, Roger, I don't think we can end it on any better term than that. <laughs> that's terrific. Thank you, Roger. Roger, Roger we, we love you. you. Thanks for being good with us again. That's Bye. Dr. Roger Olson, Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology and Ethics, George W. Truett Theological Seminary at Baylor. All right. Haven't settled that. Do you want to go back to the future? I I'm, like I'm just movie. asking. I'd much rather. The Terminator thing, Linda Hamilton, she was awesome. Yeah. It's, that's in theaters now, isn't it? They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier extension replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Chilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. All month long, the team at Calusi is having a Black Friday sales event. So right now, you could qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 72 months, plus a $750 down payment assistance on select 2020 Chevy Equinox LS. Inventory is limited, so hurry in now. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom-made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? 
Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com Christmas. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Paula White, who is uh, President Trump's personal spiritual advisor, has been accused by uh, Richard Painter, who served as the chief ethics lawyer in the George W. Bush White House, of uh, running a Ponzi scheme and that she was committing fraud from inside the White House. Now, the White House recently announced that Paula White, who also served as the senior pastor of New Destiny Center in Florida, would officially spearhead President Trump's Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Now, since taking on the official role, Paula White has continued to sell religious items that she claims will provide a spiritual and material benefit to buyers. A spiritual and religious benefit. Material benefit to buyers. spiritual and material benefit. Yes. Okay. This, quote, prosperity gospel scam by at Paula White tests the boundaries between religious freedom and criminal mail fraud and wire fraud, said Richard Painter in a Wednesday morning tweet. Send me money and God will make you rich. Now she uses her White House position to make her sales pitch. On Tuesday of this week, Painter uh, raised related concerns about Paula White, saying that, quote, Paula White now is running her faith-based Ponzi scheme from inside the White House, sharing a link to a Newsweek article that reported on criticism of Trump's advisor. Quote, send me your January paycheck and God will pay you back with interest, perhaps out of somebody else's February paycheck, he added. Mm. Now, back in January of okay, 2018. Well, here, okay, now let me break in Yeah, and say that this, what she's doing, though, is no different than something every prosperity preacher's done. The difference is... She's employed by the federal government and is the president's spiritual advisor so is she inside pay- the White House. So yes. is she paid in that role? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. No. Before it was a um, what? It was just a relationship. An honor yeah, right, yeah. that she would show yeah. up. Now she is in the White House and on the White House payroll. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that does certainly raise the concerns in a different area. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean the concerns are worse because the prosperity gospel is the opposite of the gospel of Jesus. I will tell you right now, it is a heresy. Yes, no is, doubt about it. It is, it, is an, it is a profound heresy. Jesus, our Savior, was a suffering Savior. He had no place to lay his head, as is said about him. Um, he was familiar with suffering. 
there's nothing that Paula White talks about in relation to spiritual and material benefit that Jesus Christ talked about. So I, I wonder what appeals to President Trump about Paula White. Well, what is that? I, well, I'll tell you what it, what it is. Um, in Stephen Mansfield's book called Choosing Donald Trump, which is the single best, and I mean this, that with I don't I can't even think of a close second. The single best book on Donald Trump I have ever read, looked at, investigated, and I have looked at tons of books on Donald Trump. Stephen Mansfield is so insightful in going back and looking at how Donald Trump was raised, what his father was like, and his early spiritual influences. Donald Trump was always spiritually interested, even as a kid. Mm -hmm. But he was very taken with Norman Vincent Peale, who became a good friend of his. Didn't they attend Norman Vincent Peale's church for a time? Sure, yeah. And Norman Vincent Peale, who I'm sure was a very nice man, um, was instrumental in... uh, Trump's development. Spiritual development. Yeah, and his understanding of what he saw as a Christian worldview. So then there's a correlation between Norman Vincent Peale and oh, Paul yeah, White. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's very similar. I, now, Norman Vincent Peale certainly was not a prosperity preacher, but he was a power of positive thinking preacher. Right, right, That's right, right. That was what he uh, believed in strongly. And so I think that the prosperity gospel takes a lot of its ideological sure, root from that. That if you do X, yes. then... X will happen. Sure. Right. There is a thread there. Right. Right. And Donald Trump is a self-made man. Um, he is an incredibly hard worker. He has a tremendous amount of stamina and he's he's unbelievably successful. So he has lived what Norman Vincent Peale had talked about all those years he was growing up. Right. So then, of course, if you see someone, if that was the president, preaching the prosperity gospel, then that would because, naturally appeal. Because I think at heart – and this – I'm talking – I hesitate to say this because this is a man I don't know. Um, The president. Right. But I think this is a man who wants to know God. I think he sincerely wants to know God. And in Stephen Mansfield's book, he asserts at the end that the Christian church has let him down, has let the president down in two ways. The first way is that we became too enamored of him and we supported him too much um, without pulling back and being a prophetic witness. And in the other way we hurt the president is we did not love him enough. People who were against him politically became hateful towards him and lost the Christian virtue of love and treated him so badly that they did not represent Jesus well to him. So either way, either the people who supported him blindly or the people that disliked him profoundly and were Christians, two Christian groups on either side, they both have failed the president. But in all that, in all the connections, all the power, all the daily grind of what it is to be the president of the United States, would it were that someone would speak out and say, President, let me sit down. I think, Let, please, yeah, can we and, have a, a true conversation about the gospel? Well, we don't know that people haven't done that. We don't know. We don't know. We You're don't right know. That, right. And he's just a man. And he has a heart and a soul like any other human being. And I, I pray for him. And I pray that, I mean, that desire to know God, I, I, just, I don't know. I feel like I see that in him. And our role is any of us, is to pray for him. And were we to ever know him, is to witness to the true person of Jesus and not to the spiritual and material benefit that Paula White's talking to him about. Right. Because that's going to go nowhere. It's going to go absolutely nowhere. Right. All right. Well, uh, I mean, it's interesting to see that Paula White, who is the, uh, what, what is the title? What are the personal titles? The Faith and Opportunity, head of the Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Right. 
that she is spearheading this up and that the president's going to allow her to do this. I, I, I think in the end, you know, from the out, always, I always think about this is that, you know, from the outside looking in, those who don't know Jesus or those who are not friendly towards Christianity at all look at someone like Paula White and the president, you know, locking arms and think fraud, huckster, right. trickster, right. you know, cheat. All that. And who wants that? Who wants that? We don't want to be associated with that. When you've got, as you say, a man who would like to know God. Really at heart wants to know God. Leaning into that and is receiving false gospel. I would pray for the truth of the gospel to come upon the present. As we all should. The Holy Spirit would work in him deeply. As we all should. Take a break. Come back. Uh, News and weather. And in just a few minutes, we'll reset for the 5 o'clock hour. We are going to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus, from a evangelical Wheaton College perspective. Stay with us. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The open house impeachment inquiry hearings have concluded for the week. Congressman Devin Nunes denounced the proceedings. What you've seen in this room over the past two weeks is a show trial. The planned result of three years of political operations and dirty tricks. Campaigns waged against this president. And like any good show trial... The verdict was decided before the trial ever began. Testimony was heard today from former White House advisor Fiona Hill and David Holmes, political counselor at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. On Wall Street, another down day as the Dow dropped 54 points to close at 27,766. The Nasdaq lower by 20 points. The S&P 500 declined five and oil up $1.57 to 58.58 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Remember those old-fashioned holidays when the pace was slower and the food all tasted like grandma had been cooking all day just for you? You know what? She probably did. You know what else? At the Spring House in 84, we still cook all day long just for you. So even though your life is filled with running, we can make sure that you still enjoy an old-fashioned holiday. Call the Springhouse now to order fresh turkeys. Not frozen, mind you, fresh. The only kind Grandma used. The aroma of a turkey roasting in your oven will fill the house with promises of what's to come. Let us prepare side vegetable dishes like Aunt Emma's breaded broccoli, sweet potato pie, or even real mashed potatoes. And don't you forget to order the dinner rolls and, of course, our own homemade pumpkin pies or even apple crumb. They seem to be the favorites this year. Call 228-3339 now and let us help you enjoy a real old-fashioned holiday. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI U.S. MULO 52 Week 71419 by UPC MLBO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. When I competed in gymnastics, I used to love to talk about my health, my energy, and my will to win gold. But today, I want to talk to you about something I used to keep private my menopause. Between my hot flashes and night sweats and worse, my constant fatigue, I felt like a stranger in my own life. Nothing I tried could give me relief. 
until I discovered Amberin. Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms. Amberin is not a drug and is 100% estrogen free and clinically tested. Thanks to Amberin now, my energy is back. And those days of fearing hot flashes and night sweats are gone. I feel like myself again. Amberin works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it. Like spray-on bed liners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt and fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting Word FM to 91999. Cloudy and becoming breezy tonight with a couple of showers, the low 44. Tomorrow, brisk and chilly with a morning shower in spots. Then clouds will give way to some afternoon sunshine. Temperatures will be holding in mid-40s. Clear and colder tomorrow night, low 27. Saturday, sunshine to start, then turning cloudy with some rain developing in the afternoon. High Saturday, 44 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Last night, Kathy and I, with a a sold-out theater full of fans, sat and watched the Pittsburgh premiere of the Fred Rogers biopic, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And it was exactly that. It was so fantastic. What a great, great movie. It was a lovely night. It really was. We really appreciate the invitation. And um, it was kind of a who's who in Pittsburgh as far as who was there to attend. It was surprising, right? it wasn't was, it? It was. It was a ton of fun to see a ton of people there. Um, as John said, it was sold out. Um, every theater at the um, at the cinema in the Southside Works was showing the film. And uh, it was wonderful to have our friend Rick Seaback come in mm-hmm. and introduce us to the director of the film, to um, Tom Janot. Who is the uh, Esquire writer that the film, the magazine article is based upon. And um, other people who were involved in the making of such a terrific movie yeah please do yourself a favor oh my gosh it opens on the 22nd and uh the film is rated pg i imagine it'll be a a smash at the box office because there is nothing now here's the thing there were some little kids in the audience it's It's not not a little kid's film it's not a little kid film not because it's crude or rude or anything like that it just is about it's about adult redemption forgiveness yes longing loss and a lot of adult things yeah a lot of adult things that are really hard so it's not as though you're going to go watch an episode of you know mr rogers on the big screen it's just not but really was fabulous what i loved about it is that it shows mr rogers um with consistency and discipline uh speaking in prayer 
to people who are broken and yep. lost and marginalized. Um, I, I did not know this, that Fred Rogers made this essentially his life's work. I mean, of course, we all know the iconic television show. But as a man, as a lover of human beings, mm-hmm. as a pastor, he took such delight in people and went out of his way well beyond anything expected of you or I, right. let alone you know some iconic person on the television, to just present himself with the gospel of Christ working through him. I loved it so much. It was when it the word inspiring is overused. Yeah. But if ever it was applicable, it's applicable to that film. It surely I mean, was. It in some ways the film is very small. It's very intimate. There's a lot of quiet. The director did a wonderful job of replicating that sense of pace that he had on his show, which is Slow. Very slow. And lots of time to think and contemplate and figure out what you're going to say next so that you can make sure it's the right thing. I mean, it is so different than the pace of anything we see today. Anything we see. But she was able to take that and put it into a whole film. Not that it's boring, but there are Mm -hmm. moments that are really slow. And it causes you, you know, at the very beginning of the film is the beginning to the Mr. Rogers show. And it shows the yellow light, you know, the stoplight. And the yellow one is blinking, which means slow down. Mm -hmm. And that carries all the way through the film. It is a gorgeous piece. Yeah, I loved it so much. Um, Just everything about it. So please do yourself a favor. Oh my goodness. Really. Yeah. To see, uh, it is the best of us. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool is... That as they replicate this Pittsburgh and then show New York, there are these little set pieces, these little models yeah. of the city of Pittsburgh that were built by these model makers for the film. Just charming. I mean, everything about it. But I'll tell you, especially you know, especially as a as a man, um, with you know, every guy has some idea about you know whether you want to call it father issues or what. Mm-hmm. What it is. How do you somehow follow in your father's footsteps? Or, or what's do you your relationship? No, or how do you not yes. follow in your father's footsteps? At the same time, still make peace with what was in you, in your DNA, right. in your past. Or how do you forgive anyone who has really not just kind of offended you, but how do you forgive someone who has hurt you yeah. dramatically, who has changed your life because of their bad actions? Right. What do you do with that? And the intentionality. I mean, because early on there's this, you know, this, I don't want to. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. However, I'll say this. I was taking my dog out for a walk this morning and, um, I'm, you know, around the neighborhood and I know my neighbors, you know, and someone was coming out of a house as I was walking past and I said, hello. And and she said, oh, I said, you know, just as I'm walking, how are you? And she kind of made a face like. I'm okay, you know, clearly she was, I'm okay, and and she said, how are you? And I said, good, and then we just kind of went our separate ways, and I thought, you know. um, Mr. Rogers wouldn't have done that. Right, that's exactly what I thought. Mr. Rogers would have stopped, turned, walked back to her, looked her in the eye, and said, how are you? Really, how are you? And waited for an honest answer to come back to him. So... 
even last night in, in with all the previews and all the dignitaries and celebrity that was there, I mm-hmm. thought he's in our own backyard yep. all these many yep. decades. And still, after even viewing the film in the awareness of it and the knowledge of it, I'm still not practicing no, what Fred did consistently with discipline every day. And this is the coolest thing for me. You will never see a major motion picture where the lead character is kneeling at his bedside, praying out loud by people's names. Mm-hmm. One after another. Them, one after another. I mean, I'm telling you. It is so beautiful. Please go see it. Okay, let's also talk about the performances because everybody wants to know how Tom Hanks was. Fabulous. I mean, you forget you quickly. Forget. You for, I, I, five minutes into the movie, I forgot it was Tom Hanks. See, I was a little leery because when I saw the previews, I was like, oh, oh no, there's Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. And that's weird. Yeah, it was. it's weird. It is weird, right? Stop. I'm telling you, five minutes in, you won't no, even No, you don't even think anymore. about it. You really don't. How about Matthew Reese? Who is the reporter From at, the, at the middle of the story. He was so terrific. Yeah. I don't have words for how unbelievably good his performance was. Yeah. Just beautiful. It's just, it's gorgeous. Broken and hard and it sweet. Is, and... It is gorgeous. Now, let me say again, this isn't a film for kids. Not that there's anything, you know, raunchy or crass about it. It's just, it's, it's, it's about mature adult things and your kids are going to be bored. But listen, it will speak to your heart. Yeah. It will speak to your heart. When it was all over, you know. Um, I wanted to cry. Me too. I did cry. I mean, didn't you? During the film, you kind of go, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. But we and had a really good night. We really did. And we uh, sat directly in front of uh, Joanne Rogers. She was right behind us. And she's just such a lovely woman. She walked into the theater. Everyone gave her a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. She's gracious. She's 91 years old. She's bubbly and peppy and Vibrant. absolutely wonderful. I kissed her. Uh, John kissed her. He got... <laughs> Because why would you not want to kiss her? How could you not? I was so super excited. She's just she's just terrific. Anyway, she was asked in a religion news service article about the movie, and um, she asked someone, uh, the person who did the article, uh, Del Banks, asked her if her husband really did say that the space between the television and the person watching was holy ground, and she said, "Absolutely, that's yes, that is what he was ordained to do." That was the command from the ordination to be ordained as an evangelist and continue his work in television and the media with families and children. Listen, if that's what he was ordained to do, is that not a life well lived? It surely is because that's exactly what he did. Oh, my gosh. Six Prez downtown. I did not know that was was his home church. Six in Squirrel Hill. Oh, in Squirrel Hill. Yeah, the corner of Forbes and Murray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's sixth. She also says in this RNS article um, that he did pray for people by name and read scripture every morning, which is shown in the film. She says he was a person who really liked schedules. He liked to know what he was going to be doing. And he wrote a song for the program called I Like to Be Told. And he really liked that. So first thing in the morning, and that means maybe around 515 or so, he would pray in his room. He had a legal pad with all the names on it that he wanted to remember. It's fabulous. Anyway. November 22nd. Go see the film. Tomorrow, the film opens. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. The the biopic of Mr. Rogers. We'll take a break and come back. We're going to go into a territory that makes a lot of uh, people uncomfortable, and I'm not quite sure why, but that'll be part of our conversation. We're going to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Stay with us. 
101.5 WORD. Gather around because it is present time. It's that gift-giving time of the year, and we're giving one that will keep on giving all year long. We could be paying your rent or mortgage for all of 2020 if you're the winner of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You want to come open an early Christmas present? You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contest. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. All month long, the team at Calusi is having a Black Friday sales event. So right now, you could qualify for 20% off select 2019 Silverado Crew Cab or Double Cab pickups or 0% APR financing for up to 72 months plus up to $2,500 in down payment assistance. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Make every day count with your marriage. Here's a tip from Focus on the Family's Head of Marriage and Family Formation, Dr. Greg Smalley. You know, when I'm upset, frustrated, angry, one of the worst things that I can do is to try to have a conversation with my wife. That type of communication never ends well. One of the best things that I can do to love my wife is to notice when I'm upset to the point that I can't have a good, productive, Christ-centered conversation. Instead, I need a break. I'm going to take a time out. I'm going to hit the pause button and spend some time with the Lord to get my heart back open so that I can come back and have the kind of conversation that our marriage deserves, a conversation that's uplifting to her and to me. That's just one idea to help you make every day count. Get more ideas online at facebook.com/slash make every day count from Focus on the Family. 
Is your website everything you want it to be? I'm David Pinar, Web and Design Manager of Word FM Digital Services, where we put the power of the web back in your hands. Through your brand new custom design website, our goal is to create a web presence that's easy for you to navigate, change, update, and manage so it moves your brand forward for 25 to 50% less than other companies. Call 412-937-1500 for a free review, and let's make the web work for you. 412-937-1500. So when it comes to Mary... Yes. She's a star of the Christmas pageant. Pretty much. She's the pretty girl. Yeah. And she's got some kind of nice headgear, and she has the cute baby. And then after she gives birth to Jesus, I don't know. she pretty much disappears for a I lot mean, of people. For a lot of people. Right? I mean, I think some people might remember her being at the cross when Jesus is dying. Right. But other than that, you know, unless you are a student of the Bible, the character of Mary, and Mary is kind of... I don't know. Once the once Christmas is over, there's not a whole lot left. And especially if you're a Protestant, uh, Mary is someone who, you know, because when you think about it from Catholicism point of view, Mary is lifted up, venerated, mm-hmm. so much so that she almost has her own religion. Yeah, exactly. Well, she has her own spot in the sanctuary, right? right? Mariology, you know. Um, and so when the Reformation happened, the Protestants were like, no, we're leaving all that behind. In a way, So right? now we have to make Mary absolutely, she's not really special. I mean, we have to go with the Magnificat, you know, Hail Mary. So we have to recognize it. But other than that, us, you know, Protestants have to say there's nothing special about her. Right. Well, the uh, cover story in this month's Christianity Today is uh, the first Christian. Mary's model of faith doesn't begin or end at Christmas. And um, uh, Amy Peller is with us. And Amy's with us from uh, Wheaton College. The article co-written by Jennifer Paul McNutt and Amy Beveridge Peller. And uh, Amy, uh, welcome to the show. Happy that you're with us Thank here today. Thank you. Oh, it's so glad to be with you. Thank you. Amy, when you start this piece, this this sentence really uh, sort of put things uh, really cohesive. You say this, once upon a time, the Virgin Mary pervaded the life and thought of the Western world. Hmm. I mean, that's an awful lot. It's, it's very true. When you look at the scriptures of the early Christians, and as Jennifer, my colleague in church history, looks at the text of believers through the centuries, it's striking how present and pervasive Mary's presence is, and not in any form of worship, but just acknowledgement of the role that she plays in the Christian story. But it is true, isn't it, Amy, that when you look at the Reformation and you look at those of us who live post-Reformation and in Protestant churches, uh, we recognize that, historically speaking, Mary has you know taken a dive as far as importance goes and as far as emphasis goes. I was fascinated in your article, I have to say I didn't know this, that uh, Martin Luther and Zwingli both maintained a robust view of Mary for their generation. They didn't scoff at Mary's Immaculate Conception, since it continued to be the best way of distancing Christ from original sin. Luther believed that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary continued to be sinless throughout her life. Listen, I never knew that. It's it's true. It's amazing what you can discover when you listen to our brothers and sisters in other eras of the Church. Now, in my own theological work, I can see that maybe I don't still embrace right. those ideas of Immaculate Conception, 
but I certainly want to listen to them well and not just immediately dismiss them and to really think powerfully that uh, being the bearer of the Messiah, what did that do? What did that say about her relationship with God? I wouldn't go so far as to say that she was then sinless, but I certainly respect my Catholic brothers and sisters who have seen that as an important affirmation. And I think there's actually a lot of common ground that we share in her example, whether we embrace that specific doctrine or not. Amy, but yes, it certainly didn't fall out of place immediately at the Reformation. Amy Peelers with us, Associate Professor of New Testament at Wheaton and Associate Rector of St. Mark's Church, Geneva, Illinois. So, um, Amy, in the article, Jennifer talks about uh, preaching. She was preaching Luke 8, and uh, she said that she thought that was kind of, and I'll just, not her words, my words, sort of a dicey, almost a risky thing to do to preach like that. That there were a lot of women, of course, in Luke 8 that are not talked about, preached about, that largely ignored. Mm. Yeah, and and you can see in her article that she took the risk, and it was made such an impact in her congregation for both women and men to hear these stories. Uh, both Jennifer and I serve in the academy, and we also serve at churches, and as primarily people who believe in the authority of Scripture, we're not asking for anything radical. We're just asking that those who have the responsibility of preaching acknowledge the many times that Scripture talks about women. The more that I've studied uh, Mary's story in particular, but really throughout the New Testament, it makes a, such an, an impact on me, the way in which our Christian story values all people, even those that have sometimes been looked down upon in culture, and that often includes women. So oftentimes the women that you're talking about, those types of conversations or teaching opportunities are reserved, as you say in your article, for the women's retreat. Mm, often, yes, yes. But I think it's really important for everyone to hear that the early Christian movement, and really based upon the truths that are in the Scripture of Israel, are valuing all people. And so it's an invitation for us to think about our identity in Christ, and so many of the stereotypes that become calcified in culture, Christianity blows those apart and says we can be people as men and women in our identity in Christ in some really powerful and sometimes unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone needs to hear that. So, Amy, let's talk about the, um, I would call it in some ways, a stigma against Mary within a Protestant church. That, you know, I mean, I grew, I grew up Catholic. And, oh, wow. and, I, and I grew up Protestant. Yeah. And, okay, uh, okay. So I grew, up, I grew up a Catholic schoolboy. Mm-hmm. I have five sisters. And um, I was informed deeply by that teaching uh, in my Roman Catholic schoolboy days and being surrounded by six women in a household. I mean, I felt that very dearly, that Mary was really one of the big central parts of my early Christian faith. And now, of course, I'm not a Roman Catholic, but I still in many ways love Mary. And when I do, I feel guilty about it. Mm, Right. I think there are examples, and this is true in Protestant Catholic churches, Orthodox churches, sometimes the doctrine that is good gets misapplied at different levels, right? So people make mistakes with doctrine. So there is example of Mary being lifted too high, being worshipped or put, put kind of into the place of God, or sometimes looked at as like she's nice and approachable and God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are kind of scary. 
um, that's not at all what Scripture gives us, but not what the tradition gives us. So I would encourage my encourage my students. I teach a class here on Mary with an art history professor, hmm. and we invite our Protestant students. Hey, you might be tentative. You might be afraid. This might not be how you've done it in your church, but let's just sit with these scriptures. Let's see how the authors of the New Testament portray her intense faith, hmm. her commitment, her willingness to follow Jesus throughout her life. She's there at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes. And so it is a consistent story, really, as we try to lift up in the article, it's a story of example for all believers. How do we say yes to God when we know there's blessings that will come, when we know that there are challenges and costs that will come to saying yes? And she lifts that up for us. So I've come to think of her as an older sister in the faith, someone who's walked the journey. Now, of course, I can never be called to do what she was called to do, but she does give examples that all of us can follow. So there's ways in which we can see her as part of the communion of faith without going too far to worship her. Dr. Amy Peeler is with us, Associate Professor of New Testament at Wheaton and Associate Rector of St. Mark's Church, Geneva, Illinois. Now, Amy, in the piece that you've written with Jen, um, you make a you make a point that I found persuasive, that growing up in the church as a woman, you recognize early on that there are language jumps that you have to make. For example, um, I have been a, a, a church worship leader for a long time, and I love the song, Good Christian Men Rejoice. I've always loved that song. It has wonderful lyrics. I always love I'm, I have no problem singing it. I've always sung it. I don't like when people say good Christians all rejoice because I think that's lame. I don't think it sounds very good. It's not very poetic. And it's so like current and like I have to show that I'm so relevant. Like, so I can't woke. stand that. I can't stand that. It was written good Christian members rejoice. So we should just sing that. I have no problem looking at myself as part of that. So I don't I don't say wow I feel excluded by the hymn Good Christian Men I recognize some women do I've never felt excluded But at from the that. same time historically of course you, you understand that you've been put upon in many ways Well I don't think I've been put upon I just think, excluded Well oh sure I'm sure there have been a lot of moments of exclusion but I think when it comes to to that to where I am in my current culture and my experience I I don't feel excluded and I don't look at language that way but I've learned not to look at language that way because I've been in good churches that have helped me to understand that the scriptures are for both men and women, and but so you know. when it and so when it talks about sons of God um, yes. being revealed in the last time, I realize that I'm one of those people. Of course, but at the same time, you also know that there are many denominations where women's service, time, wisdom, knowledge, education is muted or yes. excluded. Yes, absolutely. But I think the place that I've gotten to because of the kindness of my mentors mm-hmm. over the years um, can yeah. be extended to men as well. In that men could be invited into the stories, not just of Mary, but the other women in the New Testament, and not feel like those are stories just for women, but those are stories for them, too. Absolutely. I, I love the way that you say that. It really sounds like you've been in a place where you've been nurtured and educated and loved well, so that when you hear language that maybe is different than how we speak today, you understand the depth of what's being said. And I think that's an excellent comparison that if we are starting to preach about women's stories, that men can see them as their sisters in the faith that have lessons to teach them. And there might be some education that needs to happen to make that feel more comfortable or to make sure that that's understood well. But absolutely, that's a great comparison. Okay, Ames. So let's go back to Mary. So for Protestants who are not raised in, you know, the Catholic faith or Mariology and all that, 
There is reason and many excellent and wonderful reasons to love Mary, but not to venerate Mary. Not as, to make her a co-redeemer. Yeah, as a right. co-redeemer. Exactly. But but at the same time, I mean, that work, that life to be with Jesus, to, you know, the, the angels come to Mary and she acquiesces. She surrenders. She says yes from the get-go. And she's with Jesus all the way through, right? All the way through to the very bitter, bloody end. There's reason many good ones to love Mary. Right. Absolutely. And I think paying attention, even I, I love the encounter when Jesus is 12 in the temple. It, you get a sense that she's real, like she's exasperated that he left and she didn't know where he was. I mean, she's a real person. I really enjoy thinking about her in her historical context. What would it have been like for a young woman to make this pledge? And what was it like to, to be with Jesus as his friends are being slaughtered by Herod's army. If you think about her as a real person, there is a chance to connect with her Mm -hmm. and imagine her story playing out as then she's older and she's part of the early Christian movement, praying there with the disciples in Acts 1. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's many points of connection. That's exactly what we're arguing is just sit with her story for a while. We're amazed that as we go through her story through 15 weeks of the semester, we always feel like we run out of time Mm, (laughs) because there's so much good to discover. When we look at the Magnificat, which is her response Mm -hmm. to the angel, I mean, it's such a, first of all, it's, it's a it's a classic piece of literature, um, mm-hmm. not to mention it being an unbelievable prayer statement, so poem, the whole thing. Um, but uh, the thing I love most about it is, boy, she recognizes right away that, that I mean, her life is going to be so wrecked, so completely ruined. She recognizes right away it's not about her. Exactly. How does she do exactly. that? How does it? I mean, I cannot. I've never been able to get my head around that. That is a fantastic question. I think she was raised well. I mean, there's some early literature that is not canonical, but asks the questions, what was Mary's life like before the Annunciation? And it reflects a bit on her parents. I don't think we have to take that as absolute truth of what happened, but it is a wonderful invitation to consider. She was probably a young woman that was raised to know the story of God's promises being fulfilled in the people of Israel. She knew that God's character was good. And so when she issues forth this praise, Luke is very clear that this is spirit-inspired words. You know, the spirit has hovered over her, given her glory. And so when when she speaks these truths, She's evoking the story of the prophets. This is who God is, lifts up the lowly and scatters the proud. And then you see those themes playing out in the ministry of her son. So I think the Magnificat is not, those ideas are not something she just says once. I think it's what she has been taught, and it's what she teaches Jesus. So that he then, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit, being the Son of God, but also through the instruction of his family, this is the ministry that he starts to enact, very clearly articulating some of the same themes in Luke 4 when he's uh, doing his synagogue sermon. So there's great consistency there. Well, Amy, thanks a lot. We uh, we read the cover story, The First Christian, Mary's Model of Faith Doesn't Begin or End at Christmas. Uh, this cover story for Christianity Today, both Kath and I loved it. I mean, just the scholarship, the passion, uh, just fabulous, the work that you and Jennifer did. So thanks for being with us. Thanks for that work and for having this conversation here with us today. It's a great joy and blessings on everyone's advent. <laughs> yes. Fabulous. Amy Beveridge Peeler, she joins us as the Associate Professor of New Testament at Wheaton, Associate Rector at St. Mark's Church in Geneva, Illinois. As I said, the cover story at Christianity Today, The First Christian, The Story of Mary. 
Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. It's to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. When you're searching for a new mattress, you may be faced with the choice between a traditional inner spring or memory foam. But you don't have to choose. You can get the active support of a high-quality inner spring with the comfort of memory foam and the new hybrid mattresses from the original Mattress Factory. With two hand-built hybrid models to choose from, you can expect the latest in sleep innovation at the same high quality and factory direct pricing you've come to expect from the original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. If you're shopping for a mattress, you might find that you're paying a lot more for free. Mattress retailers use free delivery, free frames, and free box springs to close the deal. What they don't tell you is that the price of those freebies is already built into the price of the mattress. What if you don't need a frame or delivery? Too bad, you're paying for it anyway. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't make you pay more for free. You'll only pay for what you need. That's the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you'd need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Hello, neighbor. This Thanksgiving. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Based on the true story of the friendship between Mr. Rogers and a cynical journalist. You love broken people like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help, and that's okay. Starring Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters this Friday. For tickets and showtimes, go to resources.abeautifulday.movie. Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Cloudy and becoming breezy tonight with a couple of showers. The low 44 tomorrow, brisk and chilly with a morning shower in spots. Then clouds will give way to some afternoon sunshine. Temperatures will be holding in mid 40s. Clear and colder tomorrow night, low 27. Saturday, sunshine to start, then turning cloudy with some rain developing in the afternoon. High Saturday, 44 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
This day in history. November 21st. November 21st. Movie theaters premiered Michael Jackson's Thriller video. I did not know that it premiered in movie theaters. 1983. Yep. Yeah, so this was on the heels of the success of the director, John Landis. What had he done? Uh, Recently, his uh, claim to fame was An American Werewolf in London. You ever see that film? No. Oh, it's well done. Excellent. The story is that John Landis was in his hotel room in London. The phone rang at 2 a.m., and it was Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson said, I love the movie that you uh, produced and directed, American really? Werewolf in London, and I'd like you to direct a music video, which at the time, music videos were new, a novelty, right. of a song that has been on the charts for some time. Almost a year, Thriller was on the charts. And Landis said, uh, Michael, it's we're eight hours ahead of where you are. It's 2 a.m. <laughs> I'll be back in the United States soon. Let's talk then. And so they left. And that phone call between the two of them incubated in both of their creative minds. And then shortly they came together and put together a game no plan way. for Thriller. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that the movie or that the song had already been out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once the video was produced, of course, it was so iconic, so over the top original that it produced Thriller, which at the time was the best selling album of all time, and took it to a stratosphere level. That was the power of music videos in the day. Here's the question, and I ask both of you this. First of all, Mike, did, now I was of the like I was in early high school when this came out. So yeah. to me, this was like everything. absolutely everything, right? Mm-hmm. As as only music can be when you're like in eighth grade. Yeah, you know what I mean. However, I recognize Mike is younger. Mm-hmm. You're older. Yep. What did Thriller mean to you guys? Did you was it anything big at all? Yes. You, was it? It was huge. It was huge to me. Um, How old were you? I was probably 11 years old when I first saw the video. Okay. Um, so well saw, after the fact. Well after the fact. I saw it on VH1, and I was just like, I was staring at the TV for five minutes afterward, after it was over, just thinking like, how in the heck did they make Michael Jackson look like that werewolf? Is that right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was that was uh, that big of a deal to you when you were it 11? It was just crazy. And um, when, my bro- when that came out, my brother's 10 years older than me. When that came out, my brother made my mom go out and find that Michael Jackson red leather jacket. <laughs> do you remember that thing? Oh, sure I do. With the big shoulder yeah. pads. Yeah. So he got it for Christmas. Oh my it, gosh, that's so funny. Uh, we have no idea where where it is now. Oh we, no, we, we'd love to look for it. We'd lo- love to track it down. But yeah, he was obsessed. Wow, with it. John. Yeah. 1983. I was living in New York City. I didn't own a television set. Wow. Um, MTV was of nothing to me. The only connection to it was that my nephew was a little boy, and I remember going home for Christmas and him being obsessed by the Thriller video. And the first time I thought I saw it, I thought, well, that's cool. It's cute, but I don't really care. No big deal. Yeah. Okay, so you were working as an actor. You weren't like you didn't have time to you know consume a lot of media. I was trying to pay my bills. Exactly. I understand. All right. Here's the next question. Did the two of you learn the dance? Oh, no. Thank of course. You. Of course. Thank you, Mike. Of course I Thank did. You. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you seen 13 going on 30? Yes. Is that hilarious? It's absolutely hysterical. That a part of the movie, movie is yeah. worth seeing the whole movie. It's it is hysterical. so really? Mark Ruffalo and my friend Jennifer Garner. Okay. Yeah. So here's the deal. You look back to 1983. Yeah. Of course, the legacy of Michael Jackson and what's happened since. With him. And what we know of Michael Jackson. Right. Right. This is not something that is good and true. And, you know, say what you will. Well, okay. So here's the thing. 
it doesn't the matter. Mu- the music is good and true. It is, but can you separate? Per- I- <laughs> that's where we are. Do you separate the art from the artist? Yes. Yes. It is. I don't think you can. Yes, you can. I don't think you can. I don't it think you can watch that no. or listen to that and think no, I can't. pedophile. No, um, I, I disagree. I don't Me think too. you can. Because, the, because his music is on another stratosphere. Doesn't yep. matter. His music still today could, could still be easily top 40. Yep. Okay, so then, okay, so then at the same time, you listen to Bill Cosby's Why Is There Air? I would still listen to it and here's, laugh. Here's the thing, though, and I love, I love Why Is There Air. But to me, it's different. Why? Because it's still criminal activity. I, no, no. I'm not saying that there's. I'm not saying it's not criminal activity. Uh, not at all. What I'm saying is that the medium is different. That listening to Bill Cosby to me, it's so personal, and he's almost telling stories about. He's telling he stories about himself, and so that's different. Thriller is not about Michael Jackson. But, Thriller is a whole different land. But the emotional it's, connection. Different that you have with the artist, yeah, different. Totally different. I, yeah, I can really separate. I, I, I agree with you. I cannot. Bill Cosby to me, comedy wise, dead and gone. I can't get. I can't do okay, it. Okay, so if you're but walking, Michael through, Jackson doesn't bother. Really? I can so do you're that. walking through your living room, and all of a sudden that video comes on. I gotta be you're starting, gonna stop and watch. Oh, want to be starting Definitely. something? Really? Which is my one of my favorite pop I'm songs shout ever. It off. Really? Yeah, I'm just gonna shut it off. Okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not either. Yeah, all right. I'm keeping it going. I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> the sad thing is, we feel you're bad for out. you. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. 101.5 WORD. This week on Insight for Living. The Spirit of God simply provides a normal Christian life for us. Chuck Swindoll describes the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. An everyday, believable, the word is authentically Christ-like life lived out from one day to the next. Hear Chuck Swindoll Monday through Friday on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Everyone gets hungry before the party. Why not give them something worth talking about without lifting a finger? Food. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease whatever the occasion. Right now, get their special appetizer package added to your next menu. An inviting selection of hors d'oeuvres starting at $6.95 per person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Shalom. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation coming to you from the land of Israel. My wife Sheila and I are on the home stretch of our third trip to God's land. Sheila, we are looking forward to bringing people here so they can spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. What is one of the things that has been a significant experience for you while in Israel? 
Well, honey, I've really been impacted by the times of worship we've had while at Galilee and other special locations here in Israel. Of course, I'm a bit biased because you're my husband, but when you lead us in singing the praises of Yeshua while here in His land, people have experienced His presence in a special way. Thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate your kind words. So, everybody, we invite you to join our tour of Israel scheduled for November of 2020, which will include special times of Messianic worship and Messianic Bible teaching. Pray about joining us. Our tour is forming now. More info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks to God. On Broadway right now, there is a production of uh, A Christmas Carol. And the two boys who are playing the role, sharing the role of Tiny Tim, one boy is seven, one boy is eight, both of these young actors have cerebral palsy, which has raised um, a lot of questions about casting. You know, casting in uh, Hollywood and uh, on the stage uh, is also part of the new woke culture that we live in. So the question that arose as... People are being cast in an iconic role like Tiny Tim, where the the character himself is disabled. Yeah. Should you specifically only cast disabled actors in disabled roles? We got into a family argument about this. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't about this particular instance, but it was about a similar instance. Yeah. Um, And... My my daughters and I end up seeing things relatively similarly. Mm-hmm. Your husband, and and so and yeah, my husband sometimes can be on the other side. But in this instance, both of my kids were on one side, and my husband and I were on the other. It was really an interesting generational divide, and I mean, it was a profound difference. I think that there is something that's called acting, which means that a person who is trained and has skills that they have developed is able to portray something that they're not right and i think that's what acting is now so i don't think someone if if you're doing a movie about someone who's from bavaria i don't think that you can only have actresses who are from bavaria i think that's silly yes um, but it's the new woke culture i know that we live and in. i'm that and i'm telling you this this in this brought up a big family argument hmm. um, my my daughters could not believe that i had this perspective and i could not believe that they had a different perspective we just could not get over it now here's the other thing though in that story how many roles are available to those kids That's just with it. the disability that they have right so now i'm starting to rethink my position right the opportunities are very few and far between now uh, in london this production uh, appeared in london first and the casting call for the role made it clear quote applicants without a disability will not be considered for the role in new york the language was more subtle performers with disabilities are encouraged to audition Okay. In both instances, actors with disabilities were cast. Now, quite honestly, 
I believe that it should be talent rules. So if you have uh, an audition process and 20 people come in with disabilities and their talent is less than the people with the dis- without the disabilities, then, of course, you're going to go with the best talent available. Why would you put a bad actor in a, in a good role just because he happens to be disabled? That's what I think. My daughters would fight you on that. I don't. I, I but see, I, it's for the good of the, the piece. Do you think that's a generational thing, though? Yes, it, it, of I really it is. think that's an age thing. Right. I mean, when I said that that was the same position I had, they looked at me like I had three heads. Right. Well, the, the said, fact of the matter is, how could you possibly have that perspective? Because, like you brought up, there is a shortage of parts that uh, for people with disabilities. There just is, right? I mean, you know, in all of the annals of theater and film, there's not a lot of parts right. that are written for okay, disabled people. Okay, but here's people. the thing. So why not cast okay, someone? so Daniel Day-Lewis, his first Academy Award. My left foot. He did not have the disability course, no. that that man had. Oh, my gosh. What a performance. And it was it's such a shocking performance. And the reason he won the Academy Award is he was acting. Right. Okay, how about when actors either gain or lose weight for a role? How about when What's-His-Name played Harvey Milk? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he that was an un, I mean, he must have lost sixty pounds. Right. Or like you know when you see someone like De Niro gain seventy pounds, you know, uh, as young and old Jake LaMotta right. in a Raging Bull. So what you you know, there's a casting choice. Right. You're only going to cast fat actors for fat roles and skinny actors for skinny roles. Right. No. I mean I, I don't think so. Right. I mean there has to be some honoring of the profession of acting, it's which a, is that you can. Take on, I mean, we saw Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers last night. He did a spec, truly a spectacular job. Okay, but he became Fred, Mr. Rogers. Fred Rogers because of his skill in that role. They didn't pick somebody from Pittsburgh, no, to play Fred Rogers. They didn't pick someone like super skinny. They didn't pick Fred Rogers' kid. They didn't pick Fred Rogers' kid. They didn't pick someone who has who's a, who's a professional pianist. At the same time, Tiny Tim. I did a Christmas Carol three three years in a row down at the CLO. Always the kids were, you know, they were not physically disabled. But I often thought about that because Tiny Tim is such a tender, heartbreaking sure. role. And that disability is central, of course, to the theme of the play. What would that be like if, as an audience member, you knew you were watching a seven- or eight-year-old child who was clearly disabled with cerebral yeah. palsy? And you wouldn't you want to cheer it would for add him? To the pa- it would. It, the, it really would. It really would. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's just the era that we live in. It, uh, but there has to be something that we hold up as true. Acting is an art form. It is acting, right? It is make-believe. And that's how it's been since the Greeks. It's pretend. Every child does it, right, from the time that you start to play with your other friends or in your room with your puppets or whatever you're doing. It's a land of right. make-believe. So all of a sudden, you reach a certain level, and we're going to put a gate on that because, well, we just can't. We wouldn't need to be more politically correct. I think that's the problem. At the same time, when you see someone who's disabled playing a disabled role, you go, go for it, man. Dig you. You've risen to that level. You must have the talent. That's fabulous. It's a complex world we live in. It's complicated. Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination. For your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, 
The Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. To qualify for the free comprehensive three-week joint study, including first treatment, call 412-851-3811 now. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. 412-851-3811. Restrictions apply. Space is limited. Ends December 13th. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Join Ireland's own Keith and Kristen Getty, known for In Christ Alone, for their ninth annual Sing, an Irish Christmas tour. Featured on public television, the BBC and TVN, the Gettys are joined by their incredible band, fusing Celtic, Americana, modern, and classical music for a vibrant celebration of the season. Build lifelong memories at Sing, an Irish Christmas. For tickets and information, visit gettymusic.com slash Christmas. Coming to the Benenham Center in Pittsburgh on December 12th. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take Good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. So we've been talking throughout the show about uh, the Mr. Rogers movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which premiered, the Pittsburgh premiere was last night, shot mostly in and around the city of Pittsburgh. We were so honored to be there. Really, we, wanna, we were. We wanna, uh, Delighted. We want to thank the production company for the invitation and just had a terrific time um, and, you know, saw the who's who in the city of Pittsburgh. That was a ton of fun. The mayor was there. Rich Fitzgerald was there um, as far as elected representatives. And then there were a ton of other people. Rick Seaback, our good friend from QED, did the introductions, introduced us to the director of the film, um, the uh, Tom Janot, who was the writer. From Esquire magazine and different people who were involved in the production and the modeling and um, it was anyway it was it, the the night was a lot of fun. Sure the was. film is awesome, outstanding. Yeah, really, it is. And you know, I, I know some people kind of go whenever you bring up Mister Rogers, they roll their eyes. Oh, Mister Rogers. There's a percentage of people who do that. Yeah, well, whatever. The fact of the matter is. He was such a gift. He was a gift. And while he was here, all those decades in the city of Pittsburgh, 
you know, we just took it for granted that Mr. Rogers was Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. But the film crystallizes very clearly the intentionality of what kind of man he was and his ministry. His life's work was to be engaged with people one-on-one and loving on them, knowing them, being part of them, so much so that he had files after files of people's lives after he passed away. And for all the conversation that we're currently having in the church about vocation and how important it is to recognize that if you're a Christian, you can be a Christian banker, you can be a Christian music artist, you can be a Christian baker, you can be what? Listen, Fred Rogers got that decades ago, and kudos to the Presbyterian Church for ordaining him as a minister of evangelism for television. They got it. They got what vocation was. He lived his life as an ordained minister serving God and being nationwide loved, loved worldwide, and just being the face, the voice, the attitude of Jesus to how many people? I mean, God bless him. God bless him indeed. God bless him. Film opens tomorrow night. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Highly recommended. I'm going to go see it again. I bet you will too, I will. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.